And a question I get is like, well, how do I know when I'm just being self-conscious with what I'm sharing? And the question that I ask people to ask themselves is before you hit publish or post, ask yourself, am I sharing this to serve my community or am I sharing this to serve my ego? Mm. The truth will come out. It always does. <laughs> dun, always. Dun, dun. always. It always, <laughs> it always does. does. Yeah. Welcome to the Inner BS Podcast. We are action takers, rule breakers, and change makers. We rebel against the status quo and pave our own way. We are unapologetic in our claim of wealth, freedom, and pleasure. We are spiritual beings first and human beings second. We are soul-led service providers designing our own future. I'm your host, Jessica Zeinstra. I believe our world needs a revolution. I believe service providers can be the ones who bring it. Hello. I am, I like, I feel like with every single podcast episode so far, I've been saying that I'm so excited to do this, but I'm really fucking giddy for this conversation. First of all, I love you to the ends of the earth and back again for so many reasons. The primary one, if I could even narrow down a primary one, is the way that you hold space and the way that you show up in your fullest potency. Like I I really admire the work that you've done to bring yourself to the point that you are right now where you're able to show up so powerfully and stand in your truth in such a loving, compassionate way. So I just I really want to honor you for that and I'm I'm so excited to see where this conversation goes. Thank you so much. Thank you yeah. for that. Um, really, really excited to be here. And I mean, I'm like 240 something episodes into my uh, podcast. And every time I have a guest on, I'm always like, I'm so excited. Uh. Um, <laughs> so I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing to be excited about every guest that you bring on the podcast. I think it's actually a really good thing. Um, we need more of that. And yeah, I am super giddy to be here too. And excited to see where we go. Yeah. So the first question and the oh. only pre the only pre-planned question that I ever do cuz everything I want to do in this podcast is flow. The mm-hmm. only pre-planned question is because this is the inner BS podcast, inner bullshit. If you could pick one cuz I'm sure there were many, one inner bullshit story where when you noticed it you decided something different for yourself, you changed the narrative, and that afterwards you noticed things started to shift in your life, what Mm. would that be? Mm. Mm. Mm -mm. Okay. Let me think about this for a second because there were so many, like you said. Um, The most pivotal one, I would say, like the one that really snowballed me into my personal development journey was – uh, the story that it's their fault. I am this way because my life is like this because, um, so the external blaming 
and dismissing my own personal responsibility and power. Mm. That is such a, yeah, that was, I'm, that was probably for me the biggest one and the most painful lesson to learn for sure because if if it's not their fault quote unquote their fault mm-hmm. then whose fault is it yeah right it puts it right back on you mm-hmm. yeah but that was like the first step in me reclaiming my potency reclaiming my power reclaiming my life and and taking myself on this journey of personal development of of rediscovering who I am, of discovering who I am. Of rediscovering who you are. So how did that pan out when you first started this journey of rediscovering your potency and who you are? I mean, it was messy as fuck. Let's get that right. (laughs) (laughs) It it was really messy. It was a lot of, um, it was a lot of me choosing the opposite of what I normally chose. Like that was actually one of the first agreements I made for myself. Cause I think when you're at the pits of rock bottom, you don't really know what you want. You just know what you don't want. And of course, when you focus on what you don't want, you get more of that. And I realized that and I was like, but I don't know what I want because at that time I just didn't have enough worth self-worth to actually believe or trust that I deserve better. But I did recognize one thing. I recognized that the choices that I had made up until this point led me to rock bottom. So my thought was, well, what if I choose the opposite of what I normally choose? Could that lead me somewhere different? And so it became this game and I would literally choose the opposite of what I would normally choose. You know, if there was an invite to, at this time I was working in nightlife. And if there was an invite on a night off when I wasn't working to go out, normally I'd say yes. So I would say no and maybe do hot yoga instead. If, you know, I wanted to order a giant cheeseless pizza because I was super hungover because I'm allergic to dairy, (laughs) I would say, no, I'm not going to order the giant cheeseless pizza. I'm going to eat healthy. (laughs) And it was just like a series of all these different choices started leading me to feeling different in my body and in my mind. And once I had the ability to like we can't think clearly for ourselves if we're polluting our bodies and our minds and and surrounding ourselves with toxic people and toxic environments. And so as all of that started to clear up, I started to regain my power of thought and of, of discernment. And that's when things really started to flow. But as you can imagine, it was super messy at the beginning. Yeah. I love how you said you just tried to choose something different. I think so often when people start trying to go down this journey of changing your life, we think that we need to do these like massive, big, like jump off a cliff, skydive kind of things. And that is so intimidating and Mm -hmm. most often is not the thing that will actually give you the biggest, most long-lasting results. Mm -hmm. And just deciding in that moment of, well, normally I would do this. Mm And what I've normally done is what has brought me here and I don't like here. Mm-hmm. So let's just try something different mm-hmm. and making a game about it. Yeah. And, and the like- more that you start to teach your body and your mind that different choices lead to different outcomes, 
the more you start to reprogram the way in which your mind works and, and all of a sudden you're no longer working on autopilot, you're working as a conscious driver in your life. You know, you've regained the wheel. Yeah. I like that you also said making a game about it. I know for me, when I first like started my my whole personal development journey and like peeling back the layers, I got really serious and like mm-hmm. stopped having fun in my life. Mm. And because I felt like I continued, like I just needed to pull back more layers, more muck, more. And you can just keep going down, 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 mm-hmm. down. And and what is life if you're not also having fun? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, the gamifying for me just came from like, how ridiculous does this sound? I'm just going to choose the opposite of what I normally chose. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, and it just came from that sense of ridiculousness. And so when things would happen, um, for example, that's how I ended up marrying Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> he asked me out and I was like, normally I would say no to this situation because my self-worth is like, you're not worthy of this person. So let me say yes. And that was the beginning of our relationship. Um, but it was so ridiculous to me to like actually hear myself having these conversations. And so that was the gamification of it all. It's like, well, let me see what happens if this happens. But yeah, I agree. Personal development can feel so serious and so, so heavy and for good reason because it is heavy work. Um, And there's so much freedom that comes from doing this work and there's so much joy that can be unleashed from doing this work that we need to also pay some attention to that. Yeah. I feel like the heaviness piece is a a barrier for a lot of people. Um, I know it was for me in the beginning and still is admittedly a big barrier for me where, you know, I'll see something come up and I'm like, oh, fuck. Another one, another, another thing that I need to go into the depths and work through. So, I mean, this is something that I'm actively working on is allowing myself to play Mm -hmm. while going through the shit like while feeling everything and while like like finding that duality and trying to hold both at the same time of of allowing things to be really good and also allowing things simultaneously to be really fucking bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's life, you know? That that is life and um it's like we're <laughs> We're almost seeing this on a grand scale nowadays, but there's always good and bad, right? There's always light and dark. This is the duality of everything. And when we focus on one thing, what we're doing is we're actually dismissing another thing. And so whether that's you focusing just on your light and dismissing your shadows, you're dismissing a part of you. Or if you're just focusing on the light in the world and dismissing the sh- what feels like shadows, you're actually dismissing your your making yourself blind to a part of life and a part of our world. And so we need to learn to get comfortable in the dark, to get comfortable with the scary, to get comfortable with uh, being uncomfortable. I mean, that's the thing, right? Because none of this is comfortable and it never gets comfortable. And I'm sure you can agree, like personal development is always uncomfortable. And that's kind of the point because comfortable (laughs) has gotten you what you have right now. (laughs) Yeah, in the pretty little box. You can stay there if you want. Yeah, right here in this little box. But if you want something different and you're feeling uneasy and feeling unhappy, then yeah, you got to get fucking uncomfortable. Yeah. And then it's like, that's the same thing with leadership. It's like so many people get caught up in the comfort of the title of leader and they stay inside this box and this parameter and try and fit this perception that feels acceptable. 
and they're too scared to jump outside that box box and just be themselves. And for me, it's my entire life from that moment I hit the biggest rock bottom, which was 2012, has been a journey of reclaiming all that makes me me and then weaving that into my leadership and learning, like truly learning and understanding from experience that leadership is hugely uncomfortable. Like people look at my stuff online and they're like, wow, like, thank you for speaking up. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for speaking the truth. And like, you make it look so easy. And it's like, I I get it. And it's really fucking hard. Like this is, but this is the work and this is what I'm here to do. And I'm not here to be comfortable, you know, because comfort got me to rock bottom. Mm. I don't want to be there. I think we need more leaders right now that are getting uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. To me, when I look at what a true leader is, it's somebody who's pushing themselves past the limit, like not just playing it safe, saying the things online that are safe, having the belief systems that are safe and popular and quote unquote mainstream, you know, like I don't have to agree with every single thing that, you know, a particular leader person says. And also like, I just really respect when I see somebody in a leadership position actually standing for something. Mm -hmm actually claiming their potency and and standing in their truth and you know doing the work to take the heat that comes with doing that because like you said it's not easy and it's not for the faint of heart and also right now i feel like we need more people really committed to the journey and the process and i just see you doing that in such a powerful way. And I, I know that I know that I know it's not easy. Um, and I just really honor you for that. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and I love how you describe leaders. And I mean, that is in fact, what makes a leader a leader and differentiates the leaders from the influencers. You know, I think every leader has influence. That's for sure. Every person who has a platform has influence, but not all influencers are leaders, you know, and we're really starting to see that and feel that. And especially in the entrepreneurial space, I mean, how long have we been working in this weird, like, bro marketing hustle dynamic and there's your dog peeping in in the video and it's really cute and I just have to address it for your for those of you who are just <laughs> listening and not seeing the audio it was the cutest thing her dog just popped up he's super clean <laughs> today <laughs> so he's here well welcome dog and um yeah it just it's important for for us to redefine what it means to be an entrepreneur, for us to redefine what it means to be a leader, because the old ways weren't working. You know, in the world of entrepreneurship, this is leading to burnout. This is leading to um, businesses that flop. You know, they get instant success and then they flop. Um, It doesn't lead to longevity at all. And in leadership, it does the same, like burnout. People aren't... um, you know, they get caught up in the influencership of everything. And if we really want to create longevity, if we really want to create a legacy, we need to start redefining the way in which we're showing up. Well, it's the same thing with like that we were talking about with personal development, that 
the the way that we've been doing things has gotten us to where we are. And yeah, so many people are burning out. So many people are in it for the influencer, more ego trip. How many followers can I get? How many likes did I get? How many shares can I get? Like how, you know, big of a following can I build? An audience can I build on my platform? You know, blah, blah, blah. Versus what kind of impact can I make? Like, am Mm -hmm. I actually putting out content that is shifting the perspective, that is helping people grow, that is inspiring and not just getting me more likes and more comments and more shares? Oh my God. Yes. So much yes to that. And I feel like even now, it just with the influx uh, influx of of social media and the way in which we're all glued to our phones, and especially during these times where we're actually on our digital devices a lot more than in real life, uh, it's really skewing perception and and, and worsening the addiction that we have to social media and perception and optics. And Mm -hmm. People are, whether you're conscious of this or not, like you could be doing this on a subconscious level, you are trying to control how you're being perceived. And it's really easy to get wrapped up in that, right? Because we are all programmed with a basic human need to feel loved and like we belong. Um, That's what makes us human and there's nothing wrong with it. We all want that, honor that in you. And that becomes inflamed when we're in the online space with, I mean, think about it, the like button. Oh, and the love button. Like if you press this, you love me. Oh my God, look how many people love me. And like, look how many likes, look how many comments, (laughs) look at the engagement, look how many views. And you get so wrapped up in that. And I've had so many clients who like literally spend way too much time looking at analytics and insights. And whereas like, I never look at that shit because that's not what matters. What, if you start, focusing on that more so than your message and what you're here to do, then you have lost touch with service altogether. Mm. You need to focus on your presence, on how you're showing up, on your mission, on your purpose, and your level of service and your depth of service. Amen. A fucking men. And I will raise- Amen button. I know. Can we get an amen button? Can we get like an applause (laughs) button? Should I take my money gun off my shelf behind me and just like spray spray money? (laughs) Spray money. Make it rain. Make it rain. Oh, I like it's it's funny that you say um that you stop paying attention to analytics. I that was a challenge that I gave myself this year Mm. was to like stop, stop paying attention to the numbers. Because last year I had these goals of like, oh, I'm going to get each week, I'm going to get 10% more engagement and this many more followers. And my goal by the end of the year is to have X amount of followers. And I just, it it felt so stressful. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that I was putting out, and this was at the beginning of the year and it, it changed about halfway through, but like the stuff that I was putting out, I felt like I was so disconnected from my message because it was, it was more... Um, yeah, how can I, what can I say that's going to get the most likes? What can, mm-hmm. what image can I put out? What quote can I put out? What, you know, rather than what do I feel like is coming through me that is going to best serve my quote unquote audience, humanity, the people that I want to serve? And what do I feel like is actually coming through me right now? Mm-hmm. And it's such a wild trip when I, First, and I still battle with this, admittedly, all the time, right? Like, 
watching engagement go up and down and up and down and like fighting that urge to, you know, go back to how I was doing it before Mm -hmm. and actually like stay in the process of not really giving a shit how many likes or comments or shares or whatever. It's an uncomfortable place to be and also super fucking liberating. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, well, what do I what do I feel like is coming through me today versus what do I think is gonna get the most fake likes? Yeah. And that it can be super unconscious, that thought right there. Like what can get me the most likes? It's it's not like we sit there at our computer in Canva thinking to ourselves, what's going to get the most likes? No, it's super unconscious. And it might look like you writing something and then rewriting it and rewriting it and rewriting it or taking a selfie and adding more filters and adding more filters or adding more filters, spending way too much time trying to take one stupid fucking photo. Like that's how it looks. Um, And there's, I love that you use the word liberating because there is so much liberation that comes with just like being who you fucking be. And owning that uh, when you are, because obviously this is your podcast, so our listeners are service-based entrepreneurs, I'm guessing. Hello, which means (laughs) service is why you're here. And we lose sight of service when we get caught up in the metrics and the optics. We lose all sight of it. Do optics matter? Yes, to a degree. And when you start to put more of your energy into the optics, you will actually lose sight of the mission, the message, the service. Instead of, you know, sharing for the numbers, start sharing to serve, you know, make the intention, how deeply can you serve your community today? Mm. Instead of serving your fucking self. Thank you. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Can we get that? I need another amen button. <laughs> I need I need to hear that again. Serving your community instead of serving yourself. Yeah. A question that I often give to clients um, who, you know, because they work from the either aware of this type of work of, you know, sharing, serving from a place of leadership versus serving as a self-conscious leader. And a question I get is like, well, how do I know when I'm just – being self-conscious with what I'm sharing. And the question that I ask people to ask themselves is before you hit publish or post, ask yourself, am I sharing this to serve my community or am I sharing this to serve my ego? Mm. The truth will come out. It always does. (laughs) (laughs) Always. Always. It always (laughs) does. Yeah. So because because my my audience are primarily service providers and I find that a lot of times people are like just like I'm just a service provider I'm just a hairdresser I'm just a graphic designer I'm just a you know and I'm putting mm-hmm. quotes around just a dot dot mm-hmm. dot I'm not a leader in my industry I'm not this I'm not that what what shift or what would you say to that. Are you a fucking puppet? <laughs> I mean, truly, are you a puppet? Like, 
the way I view leaders is that every single person on this planet is a leader in their own way because we are leading our own lives, unless you're a fucking puppet. Okay. That's really it. So you are leading your own life. So yes, you are a leader. I find that a lot of people, they'll say that um, for two reasons. One is they just really have some inner work to do around how they feel towards themselves. And two is that uh, the the responsibility of leadership feels really scary. Mm. Yeah. That the responsibility around leadership was a big thing that I needed to overcome. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, there is a, a big weight and it can feel really, at least this is how it felt for me, was really overwhelming and really daunting. And I remember in 2020 around the election, I've, I've always felt really comfortable sharing my opinions And also, I never really shared opinions around anything political, anything. I mean, I would share um, what were more kind of safe and mainstream Mm -hmm. opinions. And I made a post around the election saying that I was going to love and support you no matter who you vote for. And that was the first time that I had gotten a slew of just some pretty nasty comments and I remember sitting there with my husband and he was like, if you're, if you're wanting, you have this big vision and if you are wanting to build this big vision, you need to be prepared for the negativity or the backlash of people not agreeing with the things that you're saying. So for me, it was like, for me, it felt like this kind of pivotal moment of like, okay, am I going to continue moving forward or am I going to let this quote unquote break me Mm. and kind of retreat and go back in and play it safe? Or am I going to stand in this and say, no, you know what? I fucking stand by this statement. If you disagree, that's fine. Mm -hmm. And to me, like it's, it's, that's, that's the responsibility piece, at least how it feels for me of choosing to speak on the things that are true for you even and especially when they can be very unpopular and i think that's that's the 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 fear that i find a lot of people have is is step kind of crossing into that territory of saying things that are really unpopular and how do you mm-hmm. handle the backlash that can mm-hmm. often come with it. Mm. Yeah. A day in my DMs would be a really fun reel to create for Instagram. <laughs> Just so you can see the <laughs> the sheer hatred that gets thrown my way. And I'll admit, it's gotten to be less because I've been speaking my truth for so long that, you know, I always say authenticity works as auto filtration. The more truth you speak, the more people just start to filter out of your sphere. Um, But I was reminded of that hate because I returned to Facebook as a social experiment, to be honest. I was just like, let me just experiment. Who's here? What's going on? And holy shit. There are a lot of people who are angry at me on Facebook right now 
So um, there's still some filtration that needs to happen there in terms of like me just continuing to speak my truth and filtering out the audience that doesn't need to be there anymore. But the beautiful thing about this, and this is what I want everyone listening to understand, the most beautiful thing about speaking your truth and really um, showing up in your potency in the online space is that you give people an opportunity to see you. And if someone shares values, they feel seen when they see you. So they feel seen by you. And those people are your people. They are your community. They are your soulmate clients. They are, you know, the people that you're meant to collaborate with, to connect with, to share with. And all the other people are not. You don't share the same value. So it's not that they don't matter as human beings. It's that for you, these are the people that you don't need to really give a fuck about, right? Like understand what it is and who it is that you give a fuck about, right? Focus on serving the people that you're really here to serve and understand that the only way that they're going to find you and the only way you're going to connect with them is by really showing them who you are. I have found and continue to find my soulmate clients in this way, you know, and a lot of people think the opposite. They think, well, the more of myself that I share, the more I'm going to like deflect people or push people away. You're going to push all the people away that need to be pushed away. And you're going to magnetize your presence to bring in the people who are really meant to be in your world, in your sphere, in your community, in your programs, in your offers, in your services, all the things. Mm. I think like it, it's like almost just keep circling back to what you said at the very beginning about just choosing something different mm -hmm. because, you know, pushing yourself to put yourself out there, you are going to polarize and push away the people that aren't for you. And in the beginning, at least this was my experience, was I was surrounded by a lot of people that were completely misaligned and I didn't even realize it because I hadn't been speaking my truth and allowing myself to be seen for so long that the people that were in my sphere were completely misaligned. And so when mm -hmm. I started, you know, showing up and allowing, peeling back the layers and allowing people to see like me and my values and my beliefs and it repelled a lot of people. And so it immediately felt like this like isolation and then at the same time, I mean, it, it took me longer than I would have liked. Other people started coming in. And so then there was this, this hurdle of, of trusting mm -hmm. these other people that were coming in and these other opportunities coming in, being like, okay, well, when I, when I showed up as my full self over here, these people went away. So if I show up as my full self over here, are these people also going to go away? And interestingly, they didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the surprise of a lifetime. Surprise. Surprise. People actually like you for being you. Wow, who'd have thought? Especially for those of us who have been told or shown our entire lives that it's not okay to be us, it's not safe to be us. And trust me, there are a lot of us who have had this experience in very in like different ways, whether you were rejected by family or your cultural upbringing, religious upbringing, societal programming, whatever it is. Um, a lot of us have been taught or shown that it's not safe to be who we are. And so we take on these different identities and these different programs and we start to show up in life as a completely different version of ourselves. We wear masks and um, we pretend and we perform our way through life. And then we wonder at some point in time why we feel like shit, 
why our life doesn't feel fulfilling, why we're unhappy, why we're attracting the wrong relationships, why we're attracting the wrong business opportunities or the wrong clients. Well, it's because you're pretending your way through life. You know, you're performing and you're not really showing anyone who you truly are. And are there going to be people who don't like you? Yes. Are there going to be people who hate you? Yes. Are there going to be people who judge you and ridicule you? Yes. But that is just part of being on this human experience. You know, if you're going to try and please everyone, let me tell you, the person you're never going to please is yourself. Amen button. Amen. I know. Amen button. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna get one of those, like, what is it, like the the um, – What's that? What's that? Uh, I have, no, 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 no. You have to get those clappers, the hands that they do at football games, and then you like bring them up and you clap when someone says something. That's what you have to do. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's my that's my podcast shtick. Or get like those, you know, those tiny hands. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, and yes, 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 bring, yes, yes. And then you do tiny hand clap. Yes, yes. Okay. okay, I'm immediately going to go to the party store in town and find these little mini hand clappers. Yeah, that and a confetti gun. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yes, I really want like one of those like um, noise panels where it's like they're yeah. kind of button that yeah. they do in like football games or basketball games. Oh yeah, I used to do that at the clubs, the DJs, because yeah. I knew all the buttons and they would let me pick buttons throughout the night. And so I'd come up like behind them with my can- confetti gun because I had all these things and giant balls that I'd throw into the crowd, and they'd be like, "Did you want to push a button?" Yeah. And then I'd push a button and it would be like either the like that, you know, that one. That was my favorite. That was my favorite button. Let me tell you, that was my favorite button. By the way, everyone, again, my former career was in nightlife. I was a promotions and marketing director for nightclubs and production companies. So this wasn't just like a drunk patron on stage doing all the shit. I was paid to do it. (laughs) You were paid to be the drunk patron on stage doing all this shit. Yes, a form of life. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's the thing, though. Like, you're allowed to have these former lives. Yeah. I have no and, shame. FYI. Right. No shame. Like, I used to have so much shame around my former life. And it wasn't until I allowed people, like, I fully owned it. Mm. And I you let like, people you know, in. And I let people in. And I, like, just was like, fuck it. Like, I just can't. I just, like, cannot do this anymore of pretending that I don't have this like messy past. Mm -hmm. And then you realize that most people don't fucking care. Mm -hmm. They actually appreciate you more when you show them who you really are and where you've really been because now all of a sudden you've become relatable. Yeah. Perfectionism is not relatable at all. Some people might aspire to be that, and that's why they'll choose to follow you. But those people, let me tell you, are not um, ready to do the inner work. Like the people who are really ready want to see real people. They want to find a. They want to connect with you on a human level. That's why a lot of these influencers uh, get such a bad rap because you know, you follow them and you're like, you're not really getting anything from them. You're getting like the the regurgitated inspirational quote every now and then. Here's a product that I love. Look at my outfit. Look at me traveling in all these places. But you're not really seeing who they are or where they've been or what their journey is about. And I know for myself personally, when I look for people to work with, whether it's like hiring staff or hiring contractors or hiring coaches and mentors or like even like 
my hairstylist, like anyone. I love people with a story. I love people yeah. who are really willing to show up and just be them. And for everyone listening, like just reflect on that. Who do you tend to gravitate towards? Because that's a huge sign um, that authentic authenticity really always does win. I like that you said even when you're finding your hairstylist. <laughs> I it's so true though because I found I've at least found recently like I went and I got a pedicure last night and I was sitting there having the conversation with a woman doing my nails and it was and it felt just very like and I'm not like looking to like go super deep in an hour while you know I'm getting my nails done and also there was this energy where I just felt like there was this like big wall up and I was like you can just feel that energy and I was like Mm -hmm. oh I don't really like this Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's it's very energetic and human beings we can only connect with one another when we're able to see one another and even deeper when we're able to see ourselves in another so And that's why we gravitate towards people who are like us, because we gravitate towards people who share same and similar values. So all of this effort you've been putting into pretending, wearing masks, performing your entire life, at some point in time, I assure you, they did serve you. These protective mechanisms definitely served you to protect you, to keep you safe, to keep you loved by your family or your religious upbringing, whatever it is. But now that you're off into the world on your own and you're realizing things aren't really going the way you want, things don't feel good, it's time to break free from that and start focusing your energy into really understanding who you be. Like, who are you at the core of your being? What do you really want? What is it that you value? Not your parents' values or your religious values. What is it that you value? What is it that you find most meaningful in your life? And really get to know who you be so you can start showing up in that way, uh, you know, for your clients, for your business, for your leadership, for your life, in your relationships. Um, And it's a major game changer. It really is. And it may feel difficult at first. It will feel difficult at first. I'm I'm not going (laughs) to lie. It's going to feel super fucking hard at first. And you're definitely going to lose people in your life when you are on this journey. But you will find the harmony in it and you will start to attract your soul family, your soul clients, your soul mates. Like Things will recalibrate in a way that offers you a sense of fulfillment like nothing you've ever experienced in your life and a sense of freedom. It's such a cliche thing. Like there's the quote that goes around that's like um, to – what is it? I'm going to butcher it. To have the life that you want, you need to be prepared to lose everything in Mm. the life that you have or something like that. And it's such a cliche cliche statement and we can totally like dissect that and unpack that whole statement to begin with. And also it's so true to a certain degree that when you start figuring out first who you actually are outside of this box that you've been putting yourself in for your entire life, that did keep you safe and kept you brought you safely to where you are in your life right now, 
when you start dissecting that and showing up as your true authentic self, whatever is not aligned with this version of you will just kind of fade mm-hmm. away. And it's generally not a very like flowers in the field kind of fade away. It's usually a pretty sticky, mucky, you know, uncomfortable thing. And what I would offer is, is it, what is, what's going to be more uncomfortable for you long-term staying in this box that isn't you pretending to be something that you're not for the rest of your life, surrounding yourself with people, experiences, jobs, things, you know, whatever that feel not good or going through the process that is the shit and showing up as yourself to on the other side have this wildly expansive aligned beautiful life mm-hmm. I choose wildly expansive aligned beautiful life always and to get there I understand it's going to take some <laughs> massive discomfort <laughs> pushing my limits and pushing my uh, my edges but that's what I'll always choose um you know I remember one of my very first mentors, Gabby Bernstein, I was at like one of her first big spirit junkie events. And someone had said like, I don't remember exactly what they said. They had raised their hand and we were talking about personal development and change and like stepping into the unknown. Um, And this person was talking about how they, you know, they're not happy in their life or their career. They're not happy in their business. They're not happy in their relationships, but the change felt too hard. And Gabby just like lasered her eyes right into that person's eyes. And I was like, well, she said, well, how long are you willing to feel like shit? And that, and that's the thing, you know, like we can continue this way, pretending, performing, which by the way, takes a lot more energy than just being us, uh, but it leaves us feeling like shit. Or we can start to liberate ourselves by reclaiming our potency, reclaiming our voice, reclaiming our truth, reclaiming all that makes us who we be. And at first, again, it's going to be really challenging. It's going to be really hard. It's going to feel different. And it's going to feel harder, even though it's actually easier, because you've been running on autopilot for so long. But once you start to uh, build those muscles let me tell you, it it's it, it it just becomes second nature. It becomes your nature. This is just who you be. You don't know how to be any other way. And um, there is so much expansion on the other side of that. But there there is a journey you need to get to to get there. And I want to be very real about that. This isn't like overnight you start speaking your truth and life is great. That's not how this works. There's a journey involved, and you must undergo that journey as a rite of passage to reclaim all that you be and reclaim the life that's really meant for you. Rite of passage. That really resonates. That's, I feel like we've lost a lot of that in our current society, the rites of passage that you go through at every, you know, next point in your life. We don't really have that anymore. And, and to me, that's, that so perfectly describes when I look at somebody who energetically 
just feels like a true leader versus somebody who is more in that performative stage. I feel like mm-hmm. the person who resonates to me as a true leader, I feel like they have gone through that that rite of passage mm-hmm. of going through their shit and peeling back the layers and and stepping into their potent truth versus somebody who's performing is is hasn't to me gone gone through that. Yeah, a hundred percent. They've either um, bypassed it altogether because it feels like too much work, or um, they have just not been not recognize that it's there, you know, because I think, uh, again, like we are living in a society where rites of passage have been missing for generations. And, um, and so we don't know what we don't know. But there is a rite of passage in everything, including leadership. And our entire life is a rite of passage, but a rite of passage into what, and that's what you get to decide, you know, and so to really consider every stage of your life and everything that you go through as a rite of passage into this next version of yourself, into this next level or new depth of who you be. I am adopting this rite of passage phrase. Mm. With every challenge that comes, it's like, this isn't a failure. It's a rite of passage. This isn't a challenge or a mistake. This is a rite of passage. Yeah. And maybe this will help um, your community too. So I talk a lot about rites of passage and initiations and activations with my clients. And we're doing a lot of that work in my program right now, Potent Leaders. But like I look at traumas as initiations, you Mm. know, because if you go through a trauma, something within you was initiated through that trauma. Like something was always initiated through that trauma. And, you know, whether it's like, initiation into a journey of self-worth or initiation to a journey of self-trust. Like there's initiation happening there. And by understanding what that initiation is and claiming it as yours, that then becomes activated in you. And so just start to reframe these experiences in your life. And that'll start to remove some of the heavy energy or the density around personal growth and spiritual growth. Um, and and it'll start to feel more expansive and you'll start to see life for really what it is because that's what it is. I am, I am like just buzzing on this phrase, rite of passage right now. (laughs) Like, I feel like that just shifted so much for me and the way that I look at certain things and just that, just that phrase, it feels so much more empowering Mm -hmm. and so much more of, um, like a true reclamation. Like, no, mm-hmm. this is this is a rite of passage. And on the other side, I'm going to be stronger. And I don't like necessarily want to use the phrase better, but in some way better mm-hmm. because of it. Yeah. 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 So what would you say for somebody who is – I'm thinking of somebody specifically – It's not me. I was going to say you. (laughs) Asking for a friend um, who is in the middle of a rite of passage, because this is what we're calling it now, um, and is just really going through it. (laughs) The only way through it is through it, like truly. And that can be cliche as well, but it's 
the fucking truth and we cannot lose sight of that truth. Like if you want to cut corners, go for it, but you're actually not going to get through it. You're just going to dust it under the rug and it'll poke its ugly head back in your life at some point in time. You have to go through it, you know? Um, And this is, it's the same with anything that is difficult, like difficult emotions, um, difficult situations. Like you have to go through it. You have to. That is the rite of passage. That is a journey to get to the other side of what's going to become initiated and activated within you. Like that's just it. There we go. There we go. There we go. I mean, that's that's tiny hand clap. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) I mean, that's what drew me to you. I mean, for, you know, your activation retreat. Mm. And it was a true activation. And I remember finding you online. And I'd worked with coaches in the past. And, you know, I think that I say this in the testimonial that I gave you. I'd worked with people in the past. Um, but when I stumbled upon you, there was this different energy. It was a completely different energy. And I'm going to get emotional, but I felt like Mm. for the first time as another woman, I was like, I feel like I could show up as my fullest raw self and this person can hold me. And I think that's just such a testament to the inner work. And I think that that's such a beautiful gift to be able to offer the world. And I just don't anymore see the point to not doing this work and not going through the initiation and the activation and the rite mm-hmm. of passage because it's so much better on the other side. Mm-hmm. Like night, night it, it, there's no comparison. There is no comparison. So one thing that I'm struggling with, or maybe not even struggling, but just working on for myself is when I see people who are not there yet, they're not, they're not ready to do the work and maybe they'll never get to that place. It's, you know, just loving them where they're at. And sometimes I just want to grab them and shake them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but don't you under don't you understand how much better, how much better, and I do mean better on the other side of 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 going through all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and also everyone is entitled to their own journey. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Thank you for that reminder. <laughs> So as much as you may want to shake people's shoulders, it's, it's that's their journey. I mean, we yeah. got to where we're at on our own. You know, no one forced us here. No one dragged us through the mud. It's important to allow people the space and grace to go through their journey and have compassion for where they're at. And also, like, we can act as guiding posts, you know, as guides. And... um but that's the best we can do. That's the, that's the best we should do. Because if we try anything else, we're just trying to force them into something that they're not rightfully choosing for themselves. Yeah. So annoying. 
<laughs> but so true. So what would you, what's like, if you could give one piece of advice for a service provider who is wanting to, you know, grow their business, they want to kind of like expand their life, they want to take their next, like bring their life to the next level, Mm -hmm. whatever, what would, what would you say? Um, so you want to grow your business, start growing yourself. You want to take your life to the next level, start taking yourself to the next level. You want to expand your business, start expanding yourself. Like it always comes down to you. You are the foundation for everything, your business, your mission, your purpose, your, your life. And so you need to focus on that, on growing yourself, on diving deeper, on meeting your edges, on, uh, reprogramming what needs to be reprogramming like stop making this an external game it's not it's a highly internal game Mm. and you can learn more in my book yeah (laughs) everybody please 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 read her book it's phenomenal thank you yeah (laughs) the book is called potent leadership by the way (laughs) plug and we'll link it i'll link it in the show notes um and people can find you on all the social medias and yeah for people listening like i really encourage you to well one you know shameless plug i encourage you to follow ruby because i think she's fucking phenomenal or i wouldn't you know be having this conversation right now Um, and I really encourage you to look at different perspectives and be open to sitting with different perspectives. I mean, that's the whole, whole purpose for me with this podcast is bringing in different perspectives and trying to help you shift your narrative and kind of start to, to crack the mold that you have, uh, the box that you have yourself in so you can start to see other perspectives. So I really encourage you to follow someone like Ruby who is sharing very powerfully and very strong perspectives, which I love, by the way. Um, And, you know, allow yourself to see different options and just try them on for size. Mm. Mm. thank you thank you for that yeah I love you so much I love you thank you for having me thank you for being here (laughs) (laughs) it's probably sounding really funny to those who are just listening to the audio they're like what are these women doing you'll have to watch the video to find out (laughs) dun 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 (laughs) that's the other button (laughs) that's the other button yeah I need and I want to have I want like some sort of Star Wars sound. Or like a yeah. button that will turn my voice to sound like Darth Vader. Oh yeah. That well then you have to get the big helmet. The voice changing I helmet. Could do, I could yeah. do the voice. There's a Darth Vader one, there's a Chewy one. Mind blown. Mind blown. I think I need to get these. Maybe this will be my my point of difference on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah.
It Jess will. shows up to her podcast and hosts it in a Chewbacca mask in Chewbacca voice. So in basically voice. the whole podcast is like, <laughs> not a word understood. And that, but by it, the way, everyone was a really shitty impression of Chewbacca. I know that. That is a really shitty impression of Chewbacca. <laughs> Another button. Yeah. Wah, wah. I love you. I love you. For those of you who made it this far in the podcast, bravo. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. There might be some edits in this. I don't know. Or not at all. We'll just put it out. No, no, no. You know what? No. What the hell? Why would you No editing. No. I don't know. We're not editing of this. This is all going in. This is all, all of this shit's going in. I'm sweating. <laughs> that can stay in as well. Yes. <laughs> okay. I love you. I love you. you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Inner BS Podcast. Send me a DM to let me know how much you loved this episode. Leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcast. Take a screenshot and then email to hello at innerbeautyschool.co to receive a free Inner BS sticker pack and be entered to win a free membership to the Inner Beauty School campus for a full year. Remember, you are cosmic stardust. You get to flip the tables on the status quo and pave your own way.